Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to build a space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. I'm Monica Navarro Leonard, longtime friend of Ryan Placetti. Yeah, and that's why that's why Monica's on the show right now. Um, otherwise, there would have been a whole application process, but she got fast tracked thanks to nepotism. Yay, nepotism! <laughs> if it works for the president, it works for us. <laughs> So, yeah, Monica and I have known each other for, what, 15 or 16 years now? Yeah, about that. And, you know, that that takes us from the the glory days of our mid to late 20s into now our twilight years. Our twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> Women live longer than men, whatever. That's true. I'm, I'm really not counting on getting more than another 10 to 15 out. Don't tell my life insurance company. Does Aaron know? <laughs> I, I think she's banking on it, honestly. Oh, well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that life insurance policy is going to pay off. That would be like not a gold digger, but more a grave digger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, what, what do they call it? Like a black widow type of situation, except she's yeah, just going to yeah, wait yeah, for yeah. natural causes to to take me out. She's not going to murder me. Should we be joking about your demise? I don't. I, I think it's better for us to joke about my demise than some than literally anybody else's. Oh. I'd be the most appropriate person to talk about dying, and you'd be the second most appropriate person since we are the two people in the conversation. Anybody else, it seems kind of mean-spirited. Agreed. And I'm not about mean-spirited. But speaking of mean spirits, happy Halloween season. Ooh, spooky season. Literally my favorite. Halloween is probably the biggest holiday in my in my family's calendar. Like, my parents go all out decorating every single year. Uh, this year, their theme is Fairy Princess. In the front yard. So it's a bunch of skeletons dressed as fairy princesses. That is amazing. Also, they have a theme for decorating every year. Every year. Equally amazing. I was deprived of this my entire life. I I never we didn't celebrate Halloween. Halloween was not a thing. <laughs> is it because of is it because of Satan? I just wanna I mean Satan adjacent, yeah. It's uh <laughs> Satan had something to do with it, but also... Do you also, think it might be because of the number of slasher movies in the 80s that take place in New Jersey? Yeah, but those were basically documentaries to us, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of just the ever-ticking clock of our of our human mortality, I have a Ooh. question here from r slash ask Reddit from user... It looks like cousin, but cousin spelled K-U-Z-Y-N underscore was taken. So uh. I want to know what trauma this person has lived through. Cousin was taken. That's that's horrifying. They're either they're either reporting a missing person or reporting their own kidnapping. <laughs> but they ask. <laughs> and everyone's ignoring them. They're silently begging for help. And it's just right there like, in my name. <laughs> everyone's like, all right, whatever. So like I said, this is from R slash ask Reddit, and they want to know you wake up as a 40-year-old person and you have a wife slash husband and three kids. What do you say? I mean, I woke up this morning as a 42-year-old person with a husband and two kids, so... And you've got two um, dogs, which are the... If you're going by the traditional two-and-a-half kids measure, the half kid is usually considered to be a dog yeah, and a yeah. two halves. Yeah, sure. That's, that's, a, sure. that's a third kid. I would say most mornings I wake up saying nothing. But if, if in this scenario, I woke up as a 40-year-old person the day before, had no spouse and no children, and I woke up today with a spouse... And children. Like you slipped into an alternate universe. Right. I'd be fairly pissed. Number one, because I feel like young children are hard to love unless you've built a rapport with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've put in the time and effort to making humans. If I woke up and all of a sudden these two children were mine, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like we're friends and I'm nice to your kids. But if I encountered them on the street, absent oh. parents or contacts, I'd be like, yeah, uh. it'd be, you know, stay six feet away from me, please. I'd call the police. Um. 
call, call the police. I mean, I guess if I saw a child by themselves, I'd I'd be the mom and me would kick in. I'd be like, "Hey, honey, are you okay?" Yeah, I th- but I, I, I'm, all I'm saying is, if Iggy was standing on the corner smoking a cigarette and putting out like hoodlum vibes, I'd I'd probably keep my distance. It's really hard for him to put out hoodlum vibes. He's so five. <laughs> <laughs> He's six. Thank you very much. And um, he's just so stoic. He's like. And sickly looking. I don't know. I like Chris, you and Chris occasionally Chris being your husband for listeners at home trying to fill out Monica's bank information for a scam that they're running. Make and model of my first car. White Volkswagen Jetta. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I have a secret first car. I had a uh, 1985 Honda Civic, mm-hmm. but I bought it when I was 16, but I did not get my driver's license until I was 21. So my dad ended up driving it, found out the exhaust was leaking into the main cabin. So they sold it. I think they might have paid me back, maybe, but they paid me back in childcare a thousand times over. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it, which it is all something 40 year olds say. <laughs> Well, not this 40-year-old, but yeah. I'll be turning 40 next year uh, uh, in about seven or eight months now. So Congratulations. So as far as uh, waking up and what I'll say, I'll just be like, oh, geez, another one of these. <laughs> like As long as as, <laughs> as long as we're stuck at three kids. Like if I could just wake up 40 for the rest of my life, I think I'd be okay with that. I don't think 40 is a big it's, deal. I don't think 30 was a big deal no, either. No, it's like 40 is like right on the cusp of disaster. But I mean, I think for you being former military, you're already familiar with pain and fear and loathing. So, you know, 40 is no, it's no new shake, really. My body has felt like it's 40 for like 15 years now. So Yeah, ever since I've known you, honestly. Um, that's what I'm saying is that it, it's not, I think for some people, it's a very rude awakening for, for yeah. others. You know, it's it's kind of like, all right, more of this. All right. I, I I don't know. I think 40 seems like a scary age for people who are in their 20s. I will say I, I was put in my place a little bit. A friend of mine, uh, I overheard a conversation she was having with someone else at a gathering we were at. Um, and she was talking about needing to get inserts for her shoes. Okay. And she's she's 10 years younger than me. And she was laughing about it. And she was like, what, am I 40 or something? <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. I mean, I'm. I'm in my 40s, whatever. <laughs> it's a little bit like <laughs> it made me realize our age gap and that um, how often, I mean, obviously life circumstances will throw us into the same room as certain people and, yeah. you know, things we have in common. But then how often I don't necessarily seek out relationships or friendships with people. Turns out you've both been seeing Dr. Souls. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's awesome. She, <laughs> he, I don't know. We don't know a first name, so. I, you know what? I didn't specify a gender, but I'm, I'm willing to accept that Dr. Scholes is actually a married couple and they have a, they have a practice that they started together. Oh, so you think the S at the end of Scholes is plural? I think it might be. I, I think it's both. I think it's both. Well, it'd be doctors. It's, it's Dr. Scholl. Scholl. <laughs> yeah. They went in, the brand name was supposed to be Doctors Scholl, and the marketing team was like, no, guys. Well, in the 1960s, it was Dr. and Mrs. Scholes, but now. That's true. And then they're like, that's way too long. It doesn't even fit on the, the packaging. Yeah. She's like, I went to, I went to medical school. So you, you have to acknowledge me now. <laughs> but speaking of things you might learn in school, this is a question from r slash no stupid questions. This is posted by user half sucked mango. Oh, God. <laughs> there's there's the nothing worse, honestly. <laughs> the other half. Whatever. They uh, ran out of steam. <laughs> ran out of steam well, at the first half. Maybe, but you're not going to want to run out of steam where this next uh, question takes place. If you went to Antarctica, what are the chances that you'd encounter a polar bear? <laughs> what are the chances? Like in percentages? They want numbers? Yeah, sure. Zero. Zero percent chance. Good answer. Uh, polar bears are native to the Northern Hemisphere. You will not find any polar bears in Antarctica. And in fact, I don't even know that they would survive if they were transported there. Yeah. Is there data on this? I mean, I think I, I doubt in all the atrocities of humankind, I doubt one of them was, let's see if a polar bear can survive in Antarctica. I would not be shocked to find out that that experiment took place. Yeah, I suppose. I shouldn't be surprised by anything these days. But um, these days now, I definitely sound like a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> 
think I think it would be like I, I wouldn't put it past scientists seventy years ago to say what would happen if we put a male polar bear and a female polar bear there, would they thrive? And then would they would just be overrun with polar bears. Like the Antarctica would just be lousy with polar bears. The guys in the research stations, there'd be a knock at the door. They'd open it up. Someone would hand them a Coca-Cola and then drag them out into the night. <laughs> in a glass bottle, at least. Oh, yeah, it, of course. I mean, the polar bears only drink out of the glass bottles. And Coca-Cola Classic. Don't hand them any diet shit. They're trying to pack no. calories after all. Uh-huh. Um, they get a I mean, I seem to recall you writing a little piece about fighting bears. And obviously, the polar or the grizzly was sort of the pinnacle of the height of, of strength, right? The polar bear? If my off-the-cuff bear facts served me well, uh, I can tell you that a polar bear is up to 1,600 pounds and it is an apex predator. It is the only bear that is completely carnivorous. All other bears are omnivores. So anytime you see like Leonardo getting ripped apart by a grizzly bear, it's not because the bear had to eat Leonardo DiCaprio. It's because he wanted to, because Leonardo DiCaprio makes poor dating life choices. The the polar bear, it seems to me, would destroy anyone before it could relocate them to to a uh, inhospitable environment. They seem like survivors to me. They're fighters. You know what? I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm just not sure they'd know what to do. I, I, I guess there's probably seals in comparable game down in Antarctica as there is, you know, there, there's similar stuff. Uh, they would get just penguin fat. They'd get so fat on penguins. So fat on penguins. Yeah, I think it's only in the very northern part of Antarctica, though. So I don't think many animals live there year round. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Antarctica is pretty desolate once you get past the coastline. Like most countries and continents. Much like the United States. Much like Once the United States. Once you get past the coastline. <laughs> pretty desolate, honestly. <laughs> That's so unfair to say. <laughs> that is that is gross. That is grossly unfair. I've literally, I, I will say this, like having done quite a bit of traveling and mm-hmm. having lived in many places in the United States, you know, West Coast, East Coast, and many places in between, I can honestly say that there is something redeemable and enjoyable about every single place that I've lived and, and traveled to. Like, I fell in love with Cincinnati. Nobody falls in they love have, with Cincinnati. Come on, they have their chili. They have terrible they? chili. You're right. I hated the chili, <laughs> but I kind of like that I hate the chili. I mean, no, but hating the chili, that's something, right? Like, whether you love yeah. it or hate it, thats it's giving you something to s- sort of feel. Like, if uh, I were to I, move to Cincinnati, I could be the person that tells people who come to Cincinnati, no, this chili is fucking terrible. Would you move back to Cincinnati? Or would you move to Cincinnati, I guess I should say? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a really cool town. It's it's a little bit gritty around the edges, which I don't mind. I think yeah, no. I live in Baltimore, the, I mean. Cincinnati is like Baltimore without the port or the rats. And the chili. I guess Cincinnati does kind of have a port because it's on the river, but it's not the same. Port of Baltimore is like a thing. Right, 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 right. I you know, <clears throat> I have been to a few places that I would definitely not want to live in, but I'm a little picky. Um, I say that as a Baltimorean <laughs> from New Jersey. So, I mean, <laughs> both both places. they That people regularly cite as being places they would not want to be. And by the way, I exactly. think New Jersey has a grossly unfair reputation because so much of that state is just absolutely gorgeous. It's Thank just you. Cam- Camden, Camden and Newark have bad reputations. Jersey City, maybe. And you can't make left turns and you can't pump your own gas. Jersey City's great. But the, the, the um, yes, I think our former president famously said that Baltimore is a shithole and no one would want to live here. And here I am. I love Baltimore. But having said that, I think actually uh, Fort Campbell in Kentucky was definitely marked as a place in my mind that, oh, wow, I don't think I'd ever want to live here. Um. But what you might I, have some okay, pushback so on I, that. Having having been stationed at Fort Campbell, I don't have a whole lot of pushback. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Clarksville was okay. It was fine. They've got Austin P. State University. So, I mean, there's young people running around. And when I was young, that was kind of nice. However, now that I'm a little bit older, maybe that would be less appealing. Uh, you were 50 minutes away from Nashville, so that was convenient for the weekends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And you're only an hour and 10 minutes away from Louisville. And I wasn't into bourbon at the time. Like, if I could go back and live at Fort Campbell again. Oh, interesting. 
in my in my early 20s, I'd, I'd have gotten into whiskey. If I could go back in time with like my current brain, I would take advantage of the proximity to Louisville a lot sooner. Yeah, yeah. You would have put down the PBR and picked up the insert. I know I don't really know much about whiskey. The the brown one. Oh, the brown the brown one. Yeah, the brown one. <laughs> I say this having just emptied an entire <laughs> bottle of whiskey in the last week. Um uh, I you emptied it into like cups, right? My mouth, yeah. Straight into my <laughs> mouth. Yeah, I just don't, you know, I don't know much about it. I I um I drink it without the education to go along with, if that makes sense. So I, I enjoy the nuances between bourbon and scotch and uh, Canadian whiskey versus, you know, all American whiskey, rye. Like it's just it maybe in a back to back taste test, I would get it. But yeah, I only drink for the nuance. I'm like the guy that reads Playboys for the articles. Uh, it's just like, yeah, it's like, I mean, of course, I drank three bottles of whiskey this week. I had to tell them I had to distinguish between them. So many people say that, Ryan, and I actually believe it coming from you. <laughs> Makes <laughs> a lot I read of the sense. articles <laughs> that you read the articles. Yes. <laughs> My name is Johnny and I'm the host, executive producer and prince of lies for the Monsters Playbook. What's the Monsters Playbook? It's an actual Play Monster of the Week podcast set in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where no monster can hurt you as badly as you can hurt yourself. It's a character-focused adventure where you'll meet Kira Ashwood, a journalist with a cult past she's desperate to atone for, and a secret power hidden even from herself. Casey Davis, a taciturn secret agent becoming disillusioned with the agency she thought she could trust. Theo Nessos, a professional sorceress trying to escape the shadow of her powerful, magical family. And Mark Clayton, a pretty haunted introvert who just wants to make sense of his powers and all the weird things that keep happening to him. This is a show where danger could just as easily come from an otherworldly threat as from the fragile emotions that anchor our characters and bind them together. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Dresden Files, or any city-set supernatural story with monstrous threats and messy feelings, check out The Monsters Playbook. New episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I, because this comes from r slash news, no stupid questions. We really cannot mm-hmm. knock this person for asking. No, they just want no, no, to know no. what are I the chances think you'd encounter a polar bear. Yeah, I think it's a really good question, actually. Although, I mean, why? Why are you asking if you didn't already know the answer? Well, I, I have right? a theory. Are they planning to travel to Antarctica? Are they worried about I, I, encountering I a, a polar bear? Oh, I have a theory. I'd love to know. And, and it's not that they're traveling to Antarctica. Um, I found another image on the internet, um, <laughs> which I've, 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 I've got in the show notes there for you to take a look at. And Listeners, this is a total surprise to me. I did not know about this image. Ahead of time. She, she, Wait. she did know, but she did know, but we'll edit it like she didn't. Oh, I see. Oh, I, <laughs> sorry. You know, I missed that cue. I shouldn't have, but no, I did. No, 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 You don't have see, to. See how like, you had me sitting on the edge of my seat? I was like, oh my God, what? What's next? No, okay. no, it's the same image that we'd already looked at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm picking up what you're uh, putting down now. God. So, uh, Speaking this, of this, being slow, <laughs> I was homeschooled. I don't know if you know that about me. Oh, uh, which is exactly the, which is exactly what's going on here. We've got an image from a couple of, uh, from some homeschoolers. And they say, we homeschool and we're learning world geography and cultures this year. We took the first two weeks of school to set a foundation of flat earth before we started seeing globe maps in all of our textbooks. They love learning <sighs> about our earth and verses and verses to support the geocentric model. I don't know what verse like they've got to be talking about Bible verses. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They are. I said that with 100 percent confidence, but I feel like 99 percent confidence about it. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the, the intersection between people who homeschool and are young earth yeah. creationist is pretty. I mean, there's a pretty solid overlap there. That's not even a Venn diagram. It's just one circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's plenty of flat earthers who don't believe in God. There, there are some godless flat earthers out there. I would. Or, could you please or, call into the show and talk to us? We'd love to hear from you. If you were if you were a godless 
flat earther or even a satanist flat earther we'd love to hear from you you can find us at uh, uh just send us an email at wreckyourpod at gmail.com i get i get the feeling that being christian though being god-fearing is the only thing that makes them give a shit about the earth being flat around right <laughs> like they have a strong point to make I, f- I think that's fair enough uh so they said here's the homemade model uh, they came up with i ordered a clear dome from amazon and they did the rest even tracing a map on a lightboard to cut out the continents Toilet paper rolls for the pillars of the earth, painted foam balls for the sun and moon, stick on some gemstones as stars. They're debating making an ice wall out of modeling clay right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the addition mm-hmm. of the ice wall, which I don't believe is supported by b- biblical verse. That is a modern. Listen, I will confess to you right now as a lifelong, uh, I was raised in the church. I was made to memorize just gobs of scripture at certain points in my life. I have not read the entire Bible start to finish genesis to revelation maybe there's this that's kind of a revelation for me i assumed you had uh, you, you know it was always the goal and i kind of just like slid under the radar and, uh, <laughs> no you just go to the juicy parts like you do you really need parts. to read numbers Num- it's called numbers nobody needs to read numbers like if you're trying if, you, if you're trying to entice people to read your book don't call your book numbers because you have a very limited subset of people. You know, what's funny is that, you know, at some point, at some point, someone put this all together and thought that that felt that that was critical. It was the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, so it was the Council of Nicaea. They literally put it together. <laughs> they literally put it together. And so, so what happened it, is, uh, so what happened is at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the fourth century, following the third, uh, third century Diocletian reforms, uh, there's sort of this, uh, there's sort of this, bounce in 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 roman society they've just gone through this tumultuous period of massive refe- uh, massive recession and political uncertainty and the tetrarchy has fallen apart and here comes constantine and constantine says hey we're all going to be christian now and then he starts trying to administer it like they did the the regular roman the regular roman state religion but this newfangled christianity was so fractured because it was so spread out across so is so spread out and people weren't talking to each other so a lot of people they had different books some people had like one version of a book somebody else had like a later version of a book and there were some conflicting ideas and they said well what does it mean to be christian and then once we find out we're going to kill everybody else (laughs) can we just settle on that didn't end where i thought it was number one i'm going to say ryan you've really earned your atheism number two (laughs) thank you you've earned it most most I've spoken to haven't, but you really have. You're like, I'm going to figure this shit out. Um, but yeah, once they figured it out, they're like, if we could just get rid of all of the naysayers, that'd be really, really helpful. And then once we get rid of those naysayers, we're going to move on to anybody who says that the earth's not flat. I mean, I don't think it was ever expressly said. It, it was it was implied. Well, tell that to Galileo. <laughs> they're like, we're going to lock you up now. Your ideas are dangerous. And I don't know what they found so dangerous about a heliocentric model, but for some reason, the church was just like, this calls everything into question. Well, this is, this is, this is a tale as old as time, to borrow from the, uh, <laughs> the great prophet which, Walt Disney. Which is, what, 5,000, 6,000 years old? Uh, yeah, yeah, at most, <laughs> at most. So the, I mean, the tale as old as time, which is any naysaying at all that, that thinks critically about anything or picks apart even a small speck of our structure needs to be removed because it can make, they're so threatened by, um, by, why can't I articulate right now? Uh, how about this? We could just say a, a bad apple spoils the bunch. A bad apple does spoil the bunch. Although I mean, I, I could say that, but I mean, to me, the bunch is what's spoiled. Well, but. <laughs> it, it, to me, I, I actually take offense to that entire idea because apples don't come in bunches. They come in pecks, I believe, is, is the proper. And bushels. Bushels and, and pecks. Bushels, bushels yeah. and pecks. You do not get bunches. You get bunches of bananas. You do not get bunches of apples. You get bunches of grapes. So, grapes, yeah, I can see sure. how if you threw like if you had like a bunch of bananas and somebody's like, hey, check out this apple. It's like, yeah, that fuck things up. That would be concerning. Yeah. Especially if <laughs> you don't like apples. So, I mean, yeah, you get it, though. It's it's in complete control. You have to control the entire narrative. There can be no um, path for critical thought at all because critical thought births new ideas that might oppose the controlling idea. Yeah. So anything that even looks like it's starting on the path of critical thought, squash, done. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what these parents are doing right here. They're They're squashing the concept of 
round earth, like round earth models. They said, no, the earth is flat. We're going to establish that it's flat right away. We're going to preface this by saying what you're about to read next is going to be kind of crazy, but here's what it really looks like. It's a coat hanger holding up a flat blue disc under a, under yeah, can a I, can I spend a moment describing this? Yo, yes, please. Good God. Okay. I don't want to. We have, <laughs> you can only see three toilet paper tubes, but I'm assuming there are four or five holding up around a, a flat circular disc painted blue. And they have the pictures of the continents sort of stretched mm-hmm. out across that. Yeah, it looks like they, um, they cut out the continents individually. Right, right, right. And pasted them on there. Covering that, like almost like a lid for a cake dish, you have this clear plastic dome down through which the, down through the center of is a coat, a wire coat hanger that goes down into an upside down T shape on one end of that T is the moon, I'm guessing. And then on the yep. other end of that T is the sun. One of them is one of them is definitely a cheese ball. And the other one is a, uh, I don't know what that is. Maybe a booberry. <laughs> it actually does look like a very <laughs> large booberry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. They had to wait till Halloween to make this model. So <laughs> they, yeah, it's they're They look like foam balls that have been painted like styrofoam spheres. Is this like sort of insinuating that the sun and the moon are within our atmosphere? Why the, I, why the, the plastic dome with the sun and moon inside? Um, I, I guess the, I like maybe the flat earth isn't as flat as it's being pitched. Maybe it's more like a hill and you can't see the sun or the moon over the crest of the hill. So maybe, mm. maybe, maybe, maybe dome earth is something that we need to consider. Um, but what I, what I dome found earth. really interesting about this is one, there's absolutely no change in the coloring of the continent. So all the continents mm-hmm. are green. That's correct. Yeah. We have ignored the existence of snowy regions as well as deserts. And mm-hmm. I'm also concerned that the fact that they're building an ice wall around it would seem to it, that would seem to imply that the only arctic regions are on the outskirts and even in this strange flat earth model uh, the north south racism of cartography seems to still be preserved because central to all of this is europe and north america mm-hmm. and then africa and mm-hmm. south america and australia are all f- flung out towards the end the literal edges yeah. of the earth I mean, next I, to the ice wall oof. i did not even talk about the horrifying geography here um i couldn't even make sense of what i was seeing i think <laughs> but the united states is dead center uh united states north america and then europe is di- like yeah, like the, I the, guess the, North the America. Central, the central, I'm so the central axis of this would seem to be in the Arctic Ocean. Separate, so you have North uh-huh. North America and Europe, kind of like everything that we consider to be north is towards the center, and everything that we consider to be south is towards the outer edges. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a map nerd, and the one thing that just bugs the that, that's going to bug the shit out of me with any flat <laughs> representation of geography is like I really need a north arrow, and that's not possible on a flat Earth model. That's not possible. Everything is yeah, everything I, is central <laughs> or axial. What what is it? Axial and I don't remember. What, I mean, this is uh, this is beyond me a little bit. I. There there was no conversation during my homeschool years. I was homeschooled between the age of uh, third grade till till I graduated high yeah. school. And um, there was no this this conversation did not exist. But what I will say, this rings sort of familiar because there was. To me, I look at this. I don't know why they care so much about the earth being round or flat necessarily. Yeah. It seems it seems really trivial to argue about it's, something it's, that's it's, been. You know what it is? It's people been proven. It's, it seems. There, I think it comes down to people need something to rebel against and everybody needs to feel a little bit like a rebel sometimes. So if you can stake your reputation or your, or your ego to something as controversial as the, as the flat earth, which is something that nobody standing next to you is likely to be able to disprove on the fly. Sure, sure, sure. Well, to me, this is just building a foundation. As they said, they're like, we're learning world geography and we wanted to start the first two weeks of school to set a foundation of flat earth. And to me, what that really means is setting a foundation of everybody's lying to you. Yeah. 
The only people you can trust is us. Everybody's lying to you. So don't take any. Yeah, don't take anything on face value. I can't really argue with the don't take anything on face value teaching because, you know, I do want my kids to think critically, to question things and to be curious and think critically about things. But this is removing the critical thinking part. It's saying, no, don't listen to them. Listen to us. We have real information and the rest of the world is giving you fake information. Well, I mean, that is one of the major pitches that religious movements use is we have the truth and we have the one truth. And anything outside right, of that right, is right. in to put it into the terminology that you find in Christianity is of the world. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, I grew up convinced that Whether that world like, is know, flat or not. Um, and this is, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I, I grew up convinced that the earth is round. However, um, this model really changed your mind. <laughs> this model really shook shook up my faith. No, I'm I, I'm not here to, to like to bash Christians or anything else or anyone with an opposing point of view. But it is it, it's always a funny thing for me to kind of like think about how I was raised and and what that segment of population looks yeah. like today in terms of beliefs or teachings and those sorts of things. But I did always grow up thinking like that um oh we are we are the rare people the people who believe in Christ and and all the worldly people just you know they're they're sinners and they were the uh what's the word i'm thinking of we're like the um, chosen ones the few right <laughs> not the chosen but like the few not everybody thinks like we do so you're going to be persecuted you're going to be and come to find out as i got older i'm like wait everybody's a fucking christian yeah like everybody everybody's a christian everybody believes in god yeah who knew all, this? All of our because presidents, me growing up, it was all, all both parties, <laughs> both parties that 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 the world actually has like predominantly held a, a worldview that God exists and holds a worldview that the earth was created by intelligent design is broke my brain a little bit because I didn't. That's not the narrative I had yeah. as a kid. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, it's just funny to me. I grew up in a fairly agnostic household. Like there was no, like I'd gone to church and I've actually, you know, growing up, I, I went to Latter-day Saints churches. I went to, Ooh. I visited some synagogues. I, I I got around. I went to, I went to churches. I checked things out. You came out. to church with me once. I, I've, I've been to church with you several times, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I only remember the one time. I remember that you went to grab a beer during the worship service. <laughs> Well, it was being held in a hotel is one of those like is kind of kind of kind of yeah, new agey fun like pop up a, a pop up church. Yeah, it's not it's we'll have church wherever they'll they let weren't us. quite a, they weren't yeah, quite yeah. a mega church, but it was like it was like what if mega churches were smaller and cooler? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And to be clear, there wasn't a bar in the church. There was a bar downstairs in the hotel lobby. I, I failed to distinguish between those two things. <laughs> But I, I just remember you popping out. Hey, I mean, and then what did everybody, uh, then what did everybody do after church? Took though? use of the bar all the time. Did, they all went down and had they a beer. Went down and had a beer. There you go. So that that's right. Yeah. No, you just you were just getting the party started early, yeah. and I, I I remember that thinking it was so funny. Like you popped out. I said I'll be right back, and then you came back about ten minutes later, and I was like, Did you get a beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but speaking of the way the world was, uh, I have a mm-hmm. I have a topic here from r slash antinatalism. Is this a is this a community that you're familiar with? I, we've talked about it briefly, I think, on some previous episodes. I am not, but again, I'm I'm pretty bad at Reddit, yeah. so there's there's just so much there. But I I'm not super familiar with this subreddit now. Yeah, so antinatalism is basically the belief that giving birth to human beings is a is morally wrong for in mm-hmm. a, a lot of people take like an environmental tack, like human beings are too taxing on the environment. So, and, but a lot of the sure. antinatalist rhetoric these days seems to center around, center around the morality of human suffering and essentially dooming somebody yeah. without their consent to the act of living, which is as the Buddha yeah. tells us yeah. full of suffering, full of suffering. And by the way, Buddha, I didn't need you to tell me that. <laughs> But we appreciate you. Br- I woke up this morning, a 40 year old <laughs> woman with a w- spouse and two kids. You woke up and just said, the world is full of suffering. <laughs> the world is full of. Su- I tell my kids this every day. Uh, they don't believe me. Do they ever ask for an apology? Because if so, you might want to check for their you might want to check their Reddit accounts for r slash antinatalism. 
<laughs> There's a lot of people on there that are mad at their parents. I believe it. This sounds like it would be infuriating. So this is from user BodyShame233. Uh, and I want to mm-hmm. know who body shamed them and why and what we can do to make them feel better about it. Aww. I know, right? Yeah. Nobody should be body shamed. Um, Nobody. No, nobody should be shamed. Uh, nobody should be shamed. Uh, but they want to know, why did humans keep procreating when the average women kept dying in childbirth? The average women, uh, that's just as as stated, there's a subject verb agreement Sick. problem. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, when the average woman kept dying Actually, in childbirth. Actually, it's an article, noun agreement mm-hmm. problem, because it's the woman, the women, the women, the average procreated when the average <laughs> God, you are dying. such a nerd. Women kept dying. Maybe, yeah. is, is that when the when average. the average women kept dying. Kept that dying. feels wrong. No, you'd say. What, well, when the average is. woman I mean, kept the dying. average, right. But you could say average women. You would get rid of the the. Yeah. You would get rid of the if you wanted to. But keep you could it plural, say the women, when average women, or the women. Why can't you say yeah. the average women? The average, the average women went to the shop because it's wrong. It, it is Ryan. wrong, and I, and and if I you don't lie, you can why. email us at wreckyourpod at gmail yes. <laughs> and give us a grammar lesson. Listen, all you grammar nerds. I was an English major and I dropped out. Well, I counted myself amongst the ranks of grammar nerds, but I do not know. I cannot articulate the answer yeah. to this. When the average women kept dying in childbirth. Okay. But they, they offer for further clarification. Back in ancient times, when women commonly died from childbirth and the babies weren't surviving long after birth, why did we keep procreating? What motivated us to keep having sex and watching women die? <sighs> There's another disagreement there. What motivated us to keep having sex and watch women die? Yeah. Well. Um. I guess you could argue either way. Their their argument here is that history was essentially a, snu- a snuff film. Uh, <laughs> it's a snuff tapestry. <laughs> well, so this is interesting because he, I think they are asking without a shred of irony, what motivated us to keep having sex? <laughs> um, and that alone says a lot about them, I guess. Um, but beyond that, I don't I don't know that it's also assuming a lot of uh, negativity. It's assuming a lot about humankind and are uh, maybe that all humans are sadistic. Yeah, that the purpose was to keep having sex and watching women maybe, die. But I, I really do like I like to I like to think that this question is coming from a general uh, a genuine place of curiosity. So given mm-hmm. that so many given the high maternal mortality rate in ancient times and the high infant mortality rate, why would people keep having sex? And watching women die. And the answer is because they wanted to eat when they're old. I, I, that's, that's a huge part of it is oh, you're, you're literally creating a generation of labor that will take care of you in your old age. Otherwise, a community mm-hmm. uh, will literally die out like people like. I, but I guess that's kind of the point of antinatalism. Pointing that out seems kind of dumb, the but scope of like if you don't if you stop having if you but, stop having babies, you stop having people. And I'm assuming that their argument kind of defies that but it's yeah i don't know i mean we could talk about we could talk about maternal mortality rates today in modern times which are still i mean pretty horrific especially in the united states um yeah well it's uh did you know that even today that the sixth most common cause of death among women ages 20 yeah. to 34 is I mean, 24. Birth? Like it's number six. 24 per 100,000 right live behind. births. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah, shocking, pretty, actually. It's, pretty it's shocking, worse actually. in the United States than in some, some, some of the developed so. countries. So. Yeah. Um, um, which is so weird. Which right? is so yeah, weird, and, right? And <laughs> if you look at ancient times, um, in ancient times, it was as many as 600 women per 100,000 births. So you, you got to figure, though, that's... Fuck. Yeah, uh, that's that's basically uh, uh, over the course of a woman's life uh, in pre-modern times, there's a 4% chance of somebody dying of in, in the act of childbirth. Right. But you got to you got to think like even with uh, with COVID recently, people were like, oh, a 2% mortality rate. That's only 2%. <laughs> Yeah, no truth. I think that that's a really valid point because I we just lived through we're it. We're talking about <laughs> we just lived through it. We're talking about sex, which seems to be a driving force for way less than than um, procreation and human uh, 
what's it called? Survival, yep. right? The, hum- the survival of the human race. People have sex for way less. Like there's, there's such a thing as recreation, like recreationally. And then also we're, we're what? In, Stop. In, in pre-modern times, <laughs> in pre-modern times, um, not that, not that sexual assault isn't an issue today. There were some very serious issues with consent and also transfer property between generations. Like sure. Henry VIII literally murdered how many of his wives? Seven? Right, right, right. <laughs> there's six. I mean, they were disposable. They were disposable to him anyway. Yeah. It's not like he was like, I mean, do you think his heart was going to be broken if he watched his wife die in childbirth while she was giving birth to a female, by the way? Where's my goddamn male heir? Henry the Henry the Eighth was literally just chopping women's heads off because they weren't giving him babies. So the the value of female life was not then what it is now. Uh, and we are at we're sure. we are up to uh, I, I don't know what the the well we can see it in workplace compensation. There's there are differences between men's salaries and women's salaries because women are not treated equally in our society. So yeah, long story short, why did humans keep procreating when the average women kept dying in childbirth because men did not give a fuck. <laughs> Or perhaps that was the problem. They gave, they actually gave <laughs> fucks. That's, that was, just kept Sometimes. getting women pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Without any regard for their safety. Without any regard for their safety. And and commonly, I think too, that uh, there's been a long history of men convincing women that, uh, that it's their problem, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's that whole gaslighting thing, which brings up our, our, uh, this, meme text message thread that uh we looked at where a guy is clearly trying to move the goalposts and uh <laughs> just <laughs> gaslight the shit out of this woman um and in this text message he asks a friend for help uh should i just read the whole thing i mean yeah let's 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 do it, a dramatic reading a dramatic reading <laughs> <laughs> i need i need help look edith told alex she won't date anyone below six feet her ex was six one all right and you are six foot. Next time you're with her, casually mention you're six one, bro. Then I send Nicholas to talk to her. He's five eleven, but he tells her he's six foot casually. She gets used to the idea of what six foot looks like. Then I send Charles to meet her. Now, just to keep it straight, we've got Alex, uh, Nick, Charles. Yeah, there's there's a there's a this is a whole friend group that's getting <laughs> this is a whole friend group that's getting involved here in the gaslighting. Then I send Charles to meet her. She already thinks five eleven is six foot, so she won't be able to differentiate between five eleven and five ten. Charles tells her he is six foot. She so gets now used we've to got five somebody... ten. Yeah, we've we've yeah. gone from six one down now to five foot ten inches. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's getting kind of ridiculous. She gets used to five foot ten and then I go in. She can't know much difference between five foot ten and five foot nine. So I come off as a strong six, bro. I've talked to Nicholas and Charles already. <laughs> so he's already he's already roped them in. Yeah. They're and on now board. he's trying to get this guy on board. You just send her a message. And his friend replies to that with motherfucker, what? <laughs> which, <laughs> which I think is the appropriate response. And I don't know how he got Nicholas and Charles to sign up on this, but I think it speaks to the capacity for men to gang up <laughs> on women. The funny thing to me about this is that he's, he's already cooked this entire idea. He thinks it's, I mean, it's, this is a brilliant plan, right? Like, this is a birth. This is, this is how patriarchies are born. It's a group of men <laughs> getting around to gaslight women into thinking that what they want is unreasonable. Yes. And I mean, couldn't he just rely on his charm to win her over to five foot? What is he? Five foot 10 or five, foot uh, nine? five, nine. He's, he's five, he's foot five, nine. nine. Okay. He's I only mean, three inches away and everyone knows three inches doesn't make that big of a difference. As long as it's well, whatever. Yeah. So I digress. The, <laughs> the idea that he's so hung up on winning this woman and it's all about the logistics of it, right? It has nothing yeah. to do with actually being a companion, being charming, being funny, being her intellectual equal. Like none of these things are considered. It's just, oh, she said she won't date someone below six foot. So how can I work out the logistics to, to get there and get it done? I mean, I give him credit. He's a doer. Like he's in, he's got in a plan. sales, they call that a door opener. Like it, it's not that he's completely <laughs> reliant on being six foot. He's just trying to get his foot in the door so that he can pitch the rest of his wares. That's true, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. But, I would. I would honor. I would respect the hell out of a plan that in, 
involved him just getting in the same room as her, right? Like, yeah, let's all hang out. Hey, hang out with with shorter people. That way, you seem the tallest. That's that's like yeah. kind of okay, right? Like that would be a good plan. That, that's this guy's problem. Is he's hanging out with <laughs> Nicholas and Charles and <laughs> the unnamed recipient of this text message, and they are all progressively taller than him. He just needs shorter friends. He's the shortest guy in line. <laughs> I don't, although I suppose if you're five nine, it's hard to find shorter friends. It's not like what's average height for men. Like average height's probably like five six. Five for men? You think average height is five six? Really? I mean, we have a Google power. Come on, let me, stop. Let me, yeah, let bring me it up. Google bring this up. real quick. Average male height. Okay, I think that's it's the different. Dimen- that's the dimension country. we're looking for. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, average. <laughs> I would love to know what popped up in your search uh, recommendations. <laughs> average male. Male blank. Um, so apparently the average American male is five foot nine inches. However, globally okay. five foot six inches. So oh, I will. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will stand on the larger sample size of five foot six. Uh, we don't know that these people are in America. They could be in any country where Edith, Alex, Nicholas and Charles are names common enough to exist in the same friends group. I mean, that sounds right, but I am willing to bet that this guy is in America. This just yeah, all I mean, sounds very American. It sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds dumb and exploitative. It must be American. It, it sounds dumb <laughs> enough to be American. I'm just going to say that. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, the British have a long history of exploiting people, so longer than American. <laughs> yeah. And this could be but Canadian. Like, this is a really polite way to gaslight somebody. It's like you, you get you get mm-hmm. all your friends together and then you develop a new narrative. Uh, I love uh, how you say it's a polite way to gaslight. That's kind of <laughs> fucked up, Ryan. I accept that. <laughs> That's a little fucked up. Um, well, it, although if, if anyone was going to gaslight politely, it's the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, all he all he wants is for her to believe that 69 inches is 72 inches. That's it. Sure. I mean, on its face, not a big deal. It's just to me, this this indicates to me that he's setting a a whole premise for the rest of the relationship, which is I just need to convince you to like me and I'll I'll lie to get make that happen. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not um, I'm not I'm not sure he's partner material. No, 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 no. But, you know, the very top of the text, the. The image, the meme, shows the bottom of uh, his an earlier response from his friend, presumably from another day entirely. But you only see one word. Valorant. And it's val- Valorant. Yeah. Is Valorant, is it an actual word? Like, is that? I mean, no, I, I think it might be a video game or something. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Because I was super curious about what was said prior to that. But if you look at the timestamp also, 6.02 p.m., and then yeah, he respond, I, He starts the thread, at six, I need help at 6.02 p.m. So clearly they were in a conversation already. They're already in a conversation. This is a, this is a segue. <laughs> hey, this is a we're, segue. <laughs> like, I know we're talking about video games, but hey, bro. <laughs> I need help. Help me destroy this woman's perception of spatial relationships. Edith sounds like a smart name, right? Am I? That's, I mean, you can't really tell, but Edith sounds like a woman who knows what she wants. Total Gen Z name. <laughs> like it's one of those old people names that's come back around. Like my daughter's Evelyn, Evelyn's name. There you go. Yeah. Evelyn's, Agatha's, Edith's. Astrid's. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Astrid's now. Edith sounds like a woman who knows what she wants. So, um, you know, I hope she finds it. <laughs> oh, I hope she's looking elsewhere. <laughs> I hope she's looking elsewhere. She she is because she can probably see right over his head. So. <laughs> She's looking at all the guys standing around her. Yeah. And it's honestly, it sounds to me like the only person in this, in this whole scheme that even has a chance at Edith is the recipient of the text message. Maybe the motherfucker. What isn't that? He thinks that this is a crazy plan. It's why would you think that I would help you? I am exactly six feet tall. None of our other friends are six feet tall, except for her ex-boyfriend who she clearly doesn't want to be with. You're absolutely right. I just looked back at it and he is six feet tall. Yeah, he's the only one who meets Edith's very stringent height requirement. Yeah. And we don't know this guy's name, but Edith and motherfucker what? I wish you the best of luck. But, you know, there there is somebody out there who I am absolutely positive is not an inch below six feet tall, and he would never lie about it. And his name's Rick Reynolds. 
and he's been kind <laughs> enough to allow us to use for his song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. You can find him at Rick Reynolds on Instagram. And Monica, do you have any social media that you'd like to plug or any projects or anything? Uh, oof. That was any charities? very generous. Any charities? That's very generous of you, but uh, I'm on the spot, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Just be kind and rewind. Uh, you don't want anybody to follow your social media. Oh, no, no. I don't post on social media anymore. No, that's probably for the best. I'm just on Parlay. Uh, I, I believe that's French for parlor. <laughs> parlor. <laughs> I had a parlor account. And they kept texting me. Really? Like, yeah, well, I got the I, I got the parlor account so that we could uh, we could do a segment called Parlor Talk. Oh, uh, and, and just like examine claims that are made on Parlor. Right, right, uh, but right. then Parlor got shut down for a while, and then they started texting me. I'm like, I really don't want anything to do with this service because I don't want to end up on a watch list. <laughs> I just don't like being um, Chris be, being Christy Alley's personal friend and contact on Parlor is not enough for me. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm probably already on. Sorry, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I knew. Who, I was. I was picking up a drip right now. I, I probably am already on a watch list. Um, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Uh, just tangentially, not because of anything. My, you did. No, 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 no. It's just people I keep company with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can find me individually on Twitter and Instagram at Foodicide, that's F-O-O-D-I-C-I-D-E. Or you can find the podcast as a whole on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and probably a couple other things, at WreckYourPod. And you can reach us by email at wreckyourpod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, feedback, uh, any sort of criticism. We are not beyond criticism. And be sure to rate us the maximum number of stars allowed on whatever podcast platform you choose. If there are four stars, give us all four. If there are five, we expect five. If you try to give us four stars on a five star on a five star platform, I'm going to be very sad. Um, <laughs> so if between now and when next we meet, you find yourself being courted by a gentleman who says he's six foot, but he looks like he's five nine. We encourage you to grab a tape measure and check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart, and it won't change.